Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Yvonne. Today's show, Rewriting Your Reality and Finding You with Shiraz Babu, Episode 1, is brought to you by You Are Dynamic, LLC, the personal development company that believes in and cares about you. So thanks so much for tuning in. The purpose of my podcast is to help you notice the pattern of negative choices you continue to make because they're sabotaging your life. Instead, you can empower, educate, and encourage yourself to make those daily changes so you can thrive, not just survive. You'll hear stories from the Yvonne Vault and Yvonne-isms, And I'm also famous for playing the angel's advocate because I ask those thought-provoking questions to my guests and to you to get you thinking seriously about your life so you can make adjustments along the way, just like I do. My guest today is an intuitive life coach and owner at Energetic Magic. You know, Shiraz healed himself overnight, and I said overnight, from a body wrapped with arthritis. He says, there were nights I sipped my dinner through a straw because my jaw was so swollen. And then he goes on to say, if people see you struggling, they're not going to ask you to help them. That's what's tied to your arthritis. The arthritis is the solution to the problem you're not looking at. This is how it works. Every physical problem in your life is a solution to an emotional problem. Isn't that amazing when you stop to think about it? Shiraz asked this question, what if you're unknowingly addicted to your current circumstances? Does that make sense? And then he says, what if What you've been chalking up to misfortune has been unconscious intention. Oh my, this conversation goes deep, so stay tuned. All right, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to have you on the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship podcast. What made you... Decide to accept the invitation for this mind and body connection series. Well, it's about help being healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's things I love. <laughs> so. Perfect answer. I haven't had that answer before, so you're the first. Okay. Awesome. When we spoke earlier, you said that you suffered from arthritis for 18 years. Yes. Why do you think that occurred? What was beneath that? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I tried all these things to get out of arthritis and I was trying medication. I was trying diet supplements, even like yoga, meditation, magnets. Someone told you, told me magnets work and nothing was working until I met this guy that made me look at reality in a different way. So he was, he was in India. I went over to India to see this guy and because it was India, I thought it was going to be some sort of energy healing because it's India. Right. And uh, he'll be like, we're going to heal you, Shiraz. We're going to heal you. And, but all he did was talk to me for two weeks, going through my entire life story. And at the end of the two weeks, he says, 
Shiraz, you believe you're responsible for everyone in your life. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> and he said, I know you don't think you do, but from everything you've told me, you've created this belief that you need to be responsible for everyone. And it started when you were just a kid, when you were eight years old. I'm like, now I know I'm a responsible guy. You know, I'm always the designated driver. I make sure everyone gets home and stuff like that. But I don't think I'm responsible for everyone. And even if I am, what's that got to do with arthritis? There's no connection. And he said, oh, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. I'm like, yeah. And if you're lying in bed in pain, you don't have to be responsible for anyone and you don't have to feel guilty about it. If people see you struggling to get through your life, they're not going to ask you to take care of them. So he talked to you when you said that it reminded me of the wax on, wax off. And you know what movie that's from. Yeah, Karate Kid. And Karate Kid, all he wanted to do was learn what? Karate. Karate. Yeah. He didn't want to wax on and wax off. No. But you said you were thinking this energy healer was going to heal you. But instead, he talked to you for two weeks. I mean, you had a conversation. Yeah. And you weren't expecting that at all. No, no. I was like, I was sitting there going, what what is the point? Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) All we're doing is talking about my life. And, you know, my life history has nothing to do with arthritis. Arthritis is just this illness that hits people. Like, it's got nothing to do with what happened in my childhood. Why do we keep talking about my childhood? (laughs) And he explained it. In his yeah. way, not the yeah. way you were looking for. You were looking for, let's just get this solved. I just want yeah. not to have this problem. Okay. Yes. Okay. But he saw behind that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that he dug deeper. He didn't just say, okay, we're going to fix this. I want you to try ABC, which you've already tried. And, but I'm going to show it to you in a different way because I'm a different person. But he did something totally different. Okay. Now, when he basically listened and took your life apart in pieces, did he explain after the fact what he was doing? Was that part of his method? It just basically came down to that conversation at the end. He's like, well, this is what's going on with you. Okay. (laughs) Yep. You're being responsible for everyone. Well, you believe you need to be responsible for everyone. That's the belief you created. And it's a false belief. You don't need to be responsible for everyone. You don't need to be responsible for anyone. Okay. So when he said that initially, did it make sense? It it kind of made sense, but it like at the same time, I like when I processed it, I, I finally said, okay, wait a sec. If what you're saying is true, then all I have to do is say I'm not going to be responsible for anyone else. And the arthritis should just go away. Right? I, I'm not believing it. I'm like, but according to your logic, this is what would happen. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, if you actually believe it deep down, you can't just say it. You have to believe it. What was that process like from hearing it? Yeah. The 18 inches to the heart where you're like, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to live my life now. Okay. So I said, okay, I've gathered my will and I went, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. You know what happened in that moment? nothing (laughs) you set me up (laughs) okay but i woke up the next morning no pain no inflammation more mobility i could even breathe better i could i feel could feel more oxygen getting in my lungs so i'm freaking out 
right? <laughs> because it's been 18 years. It's been try this, try this, try this. And this guy says, stop being responsible. And it just poof. Now, to be clear, the damage done by the arthritis was still there, but the pain, the inflammation, everything was gone. Are you thinking that, okay, you spoke the words, came out your mouth, so they're they're no longer encapsulized in, you know, in your mind. You spoke the words, and sometime during the course of speaking the words and waking up the next morning, you believed it. I internalized it. It made the 18 inches from the head to the heart. Yes. Did you keep saying it? Were you repeatedly no. thinking about it? No. It's just, you went to sleep. I got the logic of it, and I said, okay, then we'll, this is what we're going to do. And then the next morning, and it was crazy because there was a track at the place we were staying at. And I, I was on that track every day, but I had the body of a seven-year-old man. So I was like hunched over. I was shuffling, right? And the sad thing is I'm getting passed by 70-year-old men. <laughs> like, but now this day I get out on that track and I am moving. I'm weaving between people. I'm passing people younger than me. And they're all looking at me because they've seen me for two weeks now. And they're like, what? Yeah, I know. This is amazing. Okay. Did you feel different. Yes, absolutely. And you, you explained it and you said you you were breathing different. Yep. Your posture was different. I, was, I had straightened up from that hunched over thing. Yeah. Okay. And then was the arthritis all over or just certain sections of the body? Every single joint in my body. There were nights I sipped my dinner through a straw because my jaw was so swollen and pain. By the time I was over there, when I walked, I could feel my bones grinding bone on bone because the cartilage had all deteriorated and gone away. Right? Oh. And, and while I'm still repairing my body now, I'm getting more and more mobility. It's like it used to be blocked and now I've got this much movement. So it's it's a process. You have to be willing to go through the journey, go through the process. Most people are just looking for the miracles. Correct. So now the ending of the arthritis was a miracle. The rebuilding of my body is a process, but I'm happy sure. to go through that process. Because you had relief because yeah. you, you no longer had to take medicine to stop the swelling. You no longer, like you said, had to walk hunched over. You know, yeah. when your body is blocked, you, you certainly can feel it. Oh, yeah. And if you had to sip through a straw because all of this was swollen, that says a lot. So this all occurred... Not the healing part, leading up to what he told you, 18 years of this. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to unpack it for the listeners because I just can't see this happening overnight. We, we're we just like, no, no, he, he said it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He believed it. Okay. But the norm would be like, he said he woke up so much better the next morning and he was doing things he'd never done before in my mind. It's like, okay, what did he do step-by-step? Step, Cause I want to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get rid of all of this. I don't want to have knee surgery. I don't want my wrist to be sore, you know, carpal tunnel. I don't want to yeah. go through any of that. I want to know what he did so I can do the same thing. This is how it works. Every physical problem in your life. Like there's, I don't only mean like illness. I mean, how much money you make, how your relationships keep showing up. Every physical problem in your life is the solution to an emotional problem you're not looking at. Your mind prioritizes the avoidance of emotional distress over physical circumstances. It does not care about the physical. It only cares about the emotional because that's all that's going on in here. So Are I was trying to avoid that guilt. we make ourselves sick? Yeah. So, and with a caveat, sometimes something causes you to be sick. But if when you get sick, it causes emotional relief, you hold on to that illness. 
Other times, the illness is the solution and we created ourselves. Was that when you were sick, laying in the bed, nobody could ask you to take care of them exactly. because I'm, you I'm, were sick. Yeah. But you have worked and we yeah. work ourselves into that. Yes. But the outcome is you literally are sick. Now you can't help anyone. Yep. Here's the thing. Guilt seems to be there more than anything else. We try to feel guilt all over the place. It's amazing how many excuses we, we create to feel guilty. For instance, let's say your friends want you to do something, either help move or go to an event you don't want to go to or whatever it is, and you don't want to do it. Most people won't say no and just leave it at that. They have to say no and have some sort of excuse so that those people they're talking to will buy it and they don't feel guilty because now they've bought the whatever the excuse is. But you also don't want the excuse to be a lie because then you feel guilty for lying to people. So the three big things people come up with so that they make them real so that they don't feel guilt when they say no to other people. I'm too sick. I'm too busy. I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So you I'm too cripple, sick. I'm too busy and I can't afford it. So you end up hurting your body in some way. You make yourself busy so you don't have the time and empty out your bank account because now you've got these excuses. Now, some people do one of them. Some people do two or some people do all three. But now it's all to avoid guilt rather than saying, you know, I just don't want to do that. In a nutshell, guilt says I did something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. Yeah. Yes. So we don't want to, I don't know, go to a Bulls game. Yeah. We just don't want to do it. Yeah. But yeah. we don't say, come on, Yvonne, go to this game with me. And Yvonne does not say, no, no, thank you. Instead, my mind gets to working mm -hmm. and I've worked myself into something that will prevent it. Yes. And now I can't do it. How does that even work? I mean, I know your mind evolves in that direction and it connects to your body. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've decided that that's what's happening. How do you catch that and stop that from happening once you realize, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Well, once you realize you're doing that, the question you want to ask is, what's the benefit in this situation I'm creating? What is the benefit in being sick? What is the benefit in being broke? What is the benefit in being busy all the time? And when you're asking that question, the answers can start to bubble up for your subconscious. It may not just be one thing. So when we talk about wealth, people are like, I'd love to make more money. No, most people don't. They think they do, right? But again, number one, if I have the money, I can't say, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. Correct. Number two, if I have lots of money, I know people are going to come up and start asking me for it. Can you invest in my business? Can you give me some money? You got to take care of the family now. I don't want to have those conversations that you think that and your brain says, well, if we don't make a lot of money, we won't have to have those conversations. We won't have that emotional distress. So it's another reason not to have money. And then you so see now you're sabotaging yourself. Now you're sabotaging yourself. Now you see a rich person screw over a bunch of poor people. And you're like, I'm glad I'm never going to be like that. I'm going to make sure I don't have enough money so that that's never a possibility. You're and, using and, your words against yourself. Yeah. And you could put building block after building block after building block. Right? And, and if anyone listening now is having any emotional reaction to the examples I'm giving, that's why you don't have money <laughs> right there. Is this how you invalidate? Because you said this, invalidate the story behind a person's ailment or situation. Yes. If I care enough about Yvonne, and I claim I love myself, then yeah. I'm going to look at my motivation behind my actions or thoughts. 
Yes. Okay, like you said, what are you getting out of this? What are you getting out of ABC? What is your motive? You're thinking it's mentally, you're maybe not speaking it, but you're thinking it. That's how you begin to invalidate the story. And once you start to see what the cause is, you can see the falseness in the story. A person I knew, I wasn't actually working with her, but I could see what was going on. She had cancer and she was the most amazing woman. She was the pillar of the community. She had had exchange students stay at her place. She led the Rotary Club. She always giving to charities and organizations. She was the center. And then she got cancer and everyone was like, well, how could something so horrible happen to this woman who everyone loves? And when I looked at what was going on with her, she got tired of taking care of everyone. Mm -hmm. And when they were taking care of her, she felt so loved and so seen and so taken care of that her mind says, well, we're not going to stop this. We let go of the cancer. If we let ourselves get cured, we're going to lose all this. And then I'm going to have to be responsible for everyone all over again. I take care of them instead of them taking care of me. And so it was just a trigger at some point. At some point she got tired and she's like, I'm time. I'm done taking care of everyone else. Another woman I worked with fibromyalgia and I made her quit her job. And you should have seen her fighting me. I've been in that job for years. I will lose my, my pension. Like I don't know how to do anything else. And I'm like, do you love your job? She goes, no, I hate it, but I'm stuck in it until I retire. And I'm like, you're not going to make it. <laughs> like, and so she finally got the nerve to find another job, one that she liked. She quit the job. The day after she quit the job, all the fibromyalgia went. How did you get her to do it? I know she got tired. She got to that point. Yeah. But there had to be something you said, maybe an idea that just popped in her it mind. Was, it was a bunch of things because it was like, you see, this is just getting worse because you believe this is your only choice. And when you believe this is your only choice, you're not going to see other choices. So we started doing exercises to open her up to what the other choices are, what the other jobs are. Because if she just works at another job and she makes way more money, then eventually the money she feels she's lost at the job is gone. It's just nullified. She's making more money. Right? But That's she took herself to the new job. She took herself to. So that was like, we got her to the point of all the different reasons why moving to the new job would be okay. a benefit. I'm not right. going to let go of it, but I'm like, create a new source. But I can't guarantee that source is going to be as stable as this one. You don't know, you can't, but that's part of life. <laughs> Do you know Bob Proctor? Uh, he was one of the top life coaches in the world, right? He was in the movie The Secret. He actually had the most screen time in that. When he first started out, he was a fireman in Toronto and he was making $6,000 a year as a fireman. Right? 6,000? This was way back. This was like the okay. 60s, right? Okay. So it was a job you couldn't get fired from. It was there for life and, and it was secure. Then someone told him that there was money in cleaning floors. So he's like, I'll clean floors. I'll do whatever it takes to make more money because I'm not making a lot of money as a fireman. And so he started cleaning floors and he got so good at cleaning floors that he started his own floor cleaning company. And eventually he was cleaning floors in Toronto and New York and Chicago and then London, England. After a couple of years, he was making $175,000 a year cleaning floors. That's how much his business was doing. And then the year after that, he went to a million. Now, I've heard did he ever say, oh, I was going to say that. Did he ever say what his impetus was from a firefighter to cleaning floors? That's totally in a different direction. He just wanted to make some money because he was crippled financially. When he was making the $6,000, he owed eight. So even if he gave an entire year's salary to start paying off the debt, he, he was done. <laughs> so he wanted to make money. So he found this way to make money. In his talks, when he used to go around the world, 
giving talks, he would tell the story over and over again. And I heard it so many times, but it wasn't until I was in a smaller group with him. It was just, there was like 40 of us instead of his usual crowd of like 300 or 400 or whatever it is. And he said, here's something I, that I don't, I don't usually talk about. When I was making that $175,000 a year, I was still working at the fire department for $6,000. And I'm like, what? And he goes, because in my mind, that was the stability. That had been my security for years. And in case everything else went to hell, I had to keep that in my life. 60, 60 years to just like even, right? And he's like, but my mind didn't get that. My mind was, this is my source of security. And okay, so hold on, hold on. Stick a pen in that right there. Okay. Because that's very important. Yeah. The mind, his mindset. This yeah. is what his mind was saying. Period. <laughs> Shiraz and I stopped at a pivotal point in our chat, our little conversation. And you have to admit, this conversation is very eye-opening. So you definitely don't want to miss episode two coming very soon. And thanks again for being a regular listener to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm inviting you to tune back in daily. Go through my content list and get educated about those everyday life issues. They will definitely help you personally develop. Shout out to my listeners globally. You know, you can listen to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast many different platforms, Apple, Podvine, WordPress blog, CastBox. There's so many different ways that you can listen to this lovely podcast. <laughs> Remember to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast so we can get the word out and you're notified when a new episode is posted. And I do want to hear from you. It's very important. So please email me at author at gmail.com. Always remember this and never forget that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here. <laughs>